Welcome to your Thursday edition of Transformation Radio. My name is Grant Sims. 
phase two, heading to phase three uh, next Sunday. Uh, I just want to give an affirmation to my dude from the 740-45601, Ross County, Chillicothe, Ohio, Bobby Boehner, you know what I mean? He's my dude, you feel me? And, you know, we just always share laughs together. He's probably one of the funniest dudes I know. We're out here getting big together, out here just... <laughs> Just, just serving everybody, and I'm, I'm telling you, man, there's no brotherhood like, like what me and Bobby got, bro. So just continue to find people, you know, that you, that you definitely love. Find people that you know you can work out with, and you know, just brothers that are going to hold you accountable when you know you're doing something wrong. Someone's going to get in your word together because the brotherhood that we have here in the refuge is just unexplainable. I don't, I can't. It, it doesn't even make sense, but God knows. And I'm just telling you. Praise God. I just I just want to give an affirmation to the guys in phase one. Just keep working hard. Keep, you know, going through this thing because I know it's hard. But, you know, just keep relying on the Lord because apart from God, we can do nothing. And uh, just stay in His Word. Stay praying and just keep your heart open up to what God has for you. Tell Him, son. Let's listen to that. I can't, Don't delete it. I can't stop it. Don't delete it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And now, as we turn our attention to the New Testament, today we'll be reading from the book of Acts, chapter 21. We'll learn about the traveler. This farewell journey brought both joy and sorrow to Paul. But, you know, life is like that, isn't it? He knew what lay ahead of him, but kept going. Years before, the Lord had told him to get out of Jerusalem. Was he wrong in going back? We'll learn about the peacemaker. Paul moved from the will of the Lord be done to do what we tell you. So anxious was Paul to bring unity to the Jews and Gentiles in the church that he agreed to the plan. Was he following wisdom from above or earthly wisdom? That's been a debate down through the years. You see, not every decision we make turns out to bring peace. We'll learn about the prisoner. The plan almost worked. On the last day, however, trouble started. Of course, their charges were absurd, those charges against Paul, as we shall see. Yet the mob lives on suppose and not fact. Paul had been careful not to cause any unrest in the city, but his efforts had been in vain. He would spend the next five years as a prisoner of Rome. Sometimes our plans and good intentions seem to bring only trouble But you know what? God is still in control. He used Paul's trials to accomplish his purpose so that his servant got to Rome. And he can do the same for his people today. So we need to walk by faith. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. July 2nd, the New Testament, Acts chapter 21. Verses 18 through 36. The next day, Paul went with us, Luke and Paul's other companions, to meet with James, and all the elders of the Jerusalem church were present. After greeting them, Paul gave a detailed account of the things God had accomplished among the Gentiles through his ministry. After hearing this, they praised God, and then they said, You know, dear brother, how many thousands of Jews have also believed, and they all follow the law of Moses very seriously. 
But the Jewish believers here in Jerusalem have been told that you are teaching all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn their backs on the laws of Moses. They've heard that you teach them not to circumcise their children or follow other Jewish customs. What should we do? They will certainly hear that you have come. Here's what we want you to do. We have four men here who have completed their vow. Go with them to the temple and join them in the purification ceremony, paying for them to have their heads ritually shaved. Then everyone will know that the rumors are all false and that you yourself observe the Jewish laws. As for the Gentile believers, they should do what we already told them in a letter. They should abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. So Paul went to the temple the next day with the other men. They had already started the purification ritual, so he publicly announced the date when their vows would end and sacrifices would be offered for each of them. The seven days were almost ended when some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul in the temple and roused a mob against him. They grabbed him, yelling, Men of Israel, help us! This is the man who preaches against our people everywhere and tells everybody to disobey the Jewish laws. He speaks against the temple and even defiles this holy place by bringing in Gentiles. For earlier that day, they had seen him in the city with Trophimus, a Gentile from Ephesus, and they assumed Paul had taken him into the temple. The whole city was rocked by these accusations, and a great riot followed. Paul was grabbed and dragged out of the temple, and immediately the gates were closed behind him. As they were trying to kill him, word reached the commander of the Roman regiment that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. He immediately called out his soldiers and officers and ran down among the crowd. When the mob saw the commander and the troops coming, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander arrested him and ordered him bound with two chains. He asked the crowd who he was and what he had done. Some shouted one thing and some another. Since he couldn't find out the truth in all the uproar and confusion, he ordered that Paul be taken to the fortress. As Paul reached the stairs, the mob grew so violent the soldiers had to lift him to their shoulders to protect him. And the crowd followed behind, shouting, Kill him! Kill him! Today we're reading Psalm 150, verses 1 through 6. It is only right that the closing song in the Hebrew hymnal be an invitation to praise the Lord. The word praise is used 13 times here. Where should we praise Him? Locally and universally, in the temple and in the vast heavens. In other words, wherever you are, praise the Lord. Why should we praise Him? Because of what He does and who He is. The better you know God's character and works, the more you will praise Him and the more you'll enjoy praising Him. How should we praise Him? Well, with voices and instruments, including the cymbals, and with our bodies expressing the joy we feel within. The whole person should be one living sacrifice that praises the Lord. Now who should praise Him? Well, it says here that everything that has breath praise the Lord, but things that do not have breath praise Him as well. So we even have more reason to do so because we're living. 
Our breath comes from Him, so we ought to use it to praise His name. Breath is the weakest thing we have, but we can devote it to the highest service, praising the Lord. Psalm 150, verses 1 through 6. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heaven. Praise Him for His mighty works. Praise His unequaled greatness. Praise Him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise Him with lyre and harp. Praise Him with a tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with strings and flutes. Praise Him with a clash of cymbals. Praise Him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 18, verses 9 and 10. A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to Him and are safe. And every stone of the world we made will come undone if I... If I can feel you here with me, In my sleep, I call your name, but when I wake, need to touch your face, cause I...
forgot my memories Always inside of me But I can't go back Back to how it was I believe now I've come too far No, I can't go What's up, man? This is Corey Carlson. I just wanted to affirm you. Man, it's awesome that you uh, are leading the other team with DJ, and I've really enjoyed hanging out with you the last couple Sundays, man. I can't wait till we make it to third together, and we can walk this thing out. All right, buddy.
This is Aaron McKinley. I want to give a shout-out to my dude, Kevin McDowell. Uh, thank you for devoting all your free time to us second phase guys. When you get home from work, man, you always got a positive attitude and something uplifting to say, man. Uh, just thank you for being a solid honky, bro. This is the third in a 10-part series of the top 10 distinctions between dream fulfillers and dream killers by Keith Cameron Smith. Distinction number eight. Dream fulfillers feed their faith and starve their fears. Dream killers feed their fears and starve their faith. Faith requires you to take action. Fear causes you to take no action. Fear causes you to sit on your butt. Feed your fears too much and you will sit on your butt and it will get bigger and bigger. And you will use the word but more frequently. I would do that but. I could do that but. I should do that but. I woulda, I shoulda, I coulda, but. I didn't because I let fear stop me. Hope nourishes faith. Doubt nourishes fear. Living in fear does not necessarily mean there is something horrifying or terrifying that is scaring you. It could mean that you are living in doubt. Doubt is the door that fear enters through. Doubt is the spoon that feeds your fears. Remember that often quoted, seldom understood scripture, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith starts with the simple belief, I can. As you feed your faith, it will grow to the level of I will. As you continue to feed your faith, it will grow to the level of I am. And as you continue to feed your faith, it will grow to the substance of I did. I call this the four levels of faith. I can, I will, I am, I did. Let me repeat that. I can, I will, I am, I did. When your faith is young, you feed it by your thoughts. As it grows a bit, you feed it by your thoughts and your words. As the scriptures say, the power of life and death are in your tongue, and you shall declare a thing, and it shall come to pass, and you shall have whatsoever you saith. As you feed your faith with your thoughts and words, it will grow to the place of faith that Jesus spoke about, which is the level of action. My Savior, my Lord, my friend said. My meat is to do the will of him who sent me. You feed your faith by taking action. You feed your faith by doing what you're supposed to be doing with your life. You prove your faith by the things you do. Can you accomplish your dreams? Feed your faith by your thoughts, words, and actions. And you can and will. Feed your fears and you won't. How do you kill fear? By starving it to death. You starve your fears by refusing to think, speak, or act in alignment with them. If you are afraid, you can't accomplish your dream. So simply acknowledge the fear and tell it you're not going to feed it anymore. You're going to choose to believe you can. Faith and fear are choices and most people are in a pattern of feeding one or the other. Whatever you feed grows and gets stronger. Whatever you starve gets weaker and dies. Feed your faith and starve your fears. What are you consciously choosing to put into your mind and allowing to exit your mouth? Are you choosing to put things in your mind that pertain to your dream? Or are you letting others feed your mind? 
The more responsibility you take for the thoughts you think and the words you speak, the more you will feed your faith with the meat of taking action. The less responsibility you take for the thoughts you think and the words you speak, the more others will feed your fears and cause you to sit on your butt. Feed your faith by thinking, talking about, and taking action toward your dream. Starve your fears by not thinking and talking about them. Dream fulfillers feed their faith and starve their fears. Dream killers feed their fears and starve their faith. And I realized in their embrace that they held so tight. 
Welcome to day 16 of our Daring Faith Devotions. Let go of your doubt. Doubt will cause you to miss God's best. James 1.6 says, Whoever doubts is like a wave in the sea that is driven and blown by the wind. When you doubt, you let the circumstances of life control you. There are two things that can rob your confidence and cause doubt. Number one, comparing, and number two, past failures. First, comparing yourselves to others causes doubt. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says that people who compare themselves to others are foolish. You should never compare yourself to anybody else because you're unique. God made you to be you. He didn't want you to be somebody else. Most people start off in life as originals and they end up as carbon copies and poor carbon copies at that. God says not to compare yourself for two reasons. Either you're going to find somebody who's doing a better job than you and you'll get discouraged or you'll find somebody who's doing a poorer job than you and you'll be filled with pride. Don't compare yourself. You're unique. You're incomparable. Past failures cause doubt. You might think that because of certain things in your past, God could never use you. Have you ever read your Bible? The spiritual leaders of the Bible did not exactly have stellar records. Moses was a murderer. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Abraham gave his wife away twice. Jacob stole the family inheritance from his brother. Paul was a religious terrorist before he met Jesus. Peter was a hard-driving, hard-drinking, hard-living fisherman, a salty sea dog, and he probably cussed like one too. God uses people with checkered past because none of us are perfect. God uses average, ordinary, dysfunctional people. If God only used perfect people, nothing would get done in this world. Believe the Bible when it says that God has a purpose for your life and that even before you were born, He had a plan to use you for ministry. So be bold and strong. Banish fear and doubt. For remember, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, Joshua 1.9. Lord, we pray right now and ask that those verses would be true in our lives. I ask that I would be bold and strong. Just say to God, I ask that I would be bold and strong. I pray that I would be able to banish fear and doubt and that I would remember that, Lord, you are with me wherever I go. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Transformation Radio.